This is the final week of this series, What is Christianity Really? What is Christianity Really? And a lot of this is just about going back to the beginning, right? Going back to the beginning 2,000 years ago when Jesus founded his church, which later became uh, the Christian movement or the Christian religion. And we love going back to the beginning. It's, there's something nostalgic about that. My daughter had a birthday a couple of days ago, and you know, just to wish her a happy birthday and to think about her birth, the birth of our firstborn child, and check out some of the pictures. You know, it's just fun going back to the beginning. Uh, several times this week in our family life, for whatever reason, we were going back to older pictures and of when we were you know, newly married and just had kids and just sort of reliving life at the beginning. It's at the beginning where we were grounded. And over time, it morphs and shapes and grows, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. And the same is true of the Christian movement. We want to go back to the beginning 2,000 years ago, and we want to recognize where things have morphed over 2,000 years for the better. Because what started as a, a movement just in the Jewish religion, Christianity was just a sect of the Jewish religion. Well, now it's become so much more than that. All tribes, all tongues, all nations, all 194 nations on earth have the Christian movement. Uh, there are 45,000 denominations in the world. Each has a unique, diverse expression. Uh, it, there is the Christian movement in 7,000 languages, right? So we can celebrate the growth and diversity, but we can also say, all right, well, sometimes along the way, things can get a little bit worse. We can get very divisive and judgmental, and we can get very arrogant that we know the right things and believe the right things, and they don't, right? We're right, they're wrong. We start judging and condemning, and over time, we don't look the way Jesus looked. We don't act the way Jesus acted. We don't say the things Jesus said. We don't do the things Jesus did because over 2,000 years, it just, it just morphed, it changes, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. So these last six weeks have been about getting back to the beginning, try to get to that altruistic, sort of purest vision of the church that Jesus invented and started 2,000 years ago. So over these six weeks, we've talked about Christianity is really Jesus. It is that simple. It is Jesus, Jesus-centered, right? Jesus-centered. It is about faith. It's about faith. Uh, trusting in him, not trusting in our own ability to get things right or to do things right, but we trust in God through Jesus. By grace alone are we forgiven, that we're saved, we're given new life and eternal life. All these things that we celebrate are given freely. We don't do anything to earn them. The fact that we believe the right things doesn't earn it. The fact that we do the right things doesn't earn it. The fact that we are religious or show up to church or do whatever doesn't earn anything from God. He simply gives us grace, forgiveness, new life, eternal life for free. And then Christianity is a community, a diverse community of friends that we celebrate and welcome each other, get to know each other, learn from each other. Uh, it is, first and foremost, a movement of love. Jesus says it is all about love. The greatest commandment is love, and that covers everything, right? To be loved by God and to love others. Last week, we talked about Christianity being devotion. It's a devotion of love, not a devotion out of fear or what does God need from me? God needs nothing from me. He wants nothing from me. God just wants the best for me. And so our devotion to him is based on, on love and grace and pleasure and enjoyment of, of who he is and a reminder of who he is through the Bible, through prayer, through getting together as a church, through our service to one another. And then today we're gonna talk about our new life, our new life in Christ. Now, that new life in Christ is promised to all who believe. When we believe, we become aware of God's goodness. When we believe, we become aware of God's grace. When we believe, we become aware that we're forgiven and aware that we have 
this new and eternal life. And so we can start living a new kind of a life that God promises for us. So we're gonna talk about what that new life is today. Here's just a couple of passages in the Bible to uh, wet our whistle, right? Romans 6, 4. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Because we know the resurrected power of Christ. And the resurrection is really that, that symbol and promise of new life. Through the suffering, there will be new life. There will be a new day. Through the failures of the world that caused the crucifixion of Christ, there will be new life. There will be resurrection. So there's always hope for the future, right? Get a little more detailed in 2 Corinthians 5. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. It doesn't mean everything all at once, but it means that when we believe in Jesus, we're aware of the love of God, aware of the grace of God, aware of his goodness, something changes in us and we can begin walking a new life. Not of guilt and shame and fear, but of confidence, confidence in God's love, confidence in God's grace, confidence in God's forgiveness, and that confidence can then spill out to how we treat others, right? It's a fantastic new life. Get this, Ephesians 4. This will, you know, shock you, <laughs> verse 23. It shocks me every time I read it. Let the Spirit of God renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like... What, 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 what? Created to be like God? We're created to be like God. This new life in Christ, we are created to be like God. I mean, that is astounding, right? But that's the truth. The truth is we're made in God's image, and yes... When we don't know God's love and we're wracked with guilt and shame and fear or where I stand with God, uh, then we're not free to live very much like God. But when we know God's love, we can live out God's love. When we know God's grace, we can live out God's grace. And so over time, we start living very much like God. I mean, that's incredible. That's the journey we're on. We're never gonna arrive, of course, but we can become more and more like Jesus Christ. That's the new life that's given to us. So to put it this way, uh, we live in Christ, with Christ, and through Christ. We live in Christ, with Christ, and through Christ. That's our new life. Our new life of faith in Jesus, living in him, with him, and through him. I wanna read Ephesians 1, three through five. To me, this is just pure poetry. Pure poetry in terms of who we are now in Christ with Christ and through Christ. We are united with Christ. That's basically the bottom line. If you want a one phrase sort of summary of our new life, we are united with Christ. We are one with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. We are united with Christ. With Christ, in Christ, through Christ. Notice some of the key phrases in Ephesians chapter one. We are united with him. God chose us in Jesus Christ. He selected us, he called us. 
We're perfect in his sight. That's what Ephesians 1 says. In God's eyes, we're perfect. When God looks at you and his heart is toward you, which is forever and always, he does not see your flaws. He does not see your faults. He does not see your failures. All he sees is perfection. You are his perfect daughter. You're his perfect son because we're in Christ. If Jesus is perfect, we are perfect. If Jesus is holy, we are holy. If Jesus is blameless, we are blameless. That's how God sees us. It's a free gift. We are in the family of God through Jesus. As Jesus is a son of God, so we are sons and daughters of God. And we are the pleasure of God in Jesus. As Jesus is the pleasure of the Father, we are the pleasure of the Father. So he looks at us and he says, you're perfect, you're mine, I chose you, you are in Christ, you're part of the family, you are my pleasure. Every time you think of God, think of God as you being his pleasure. He is proud of you, he is for you, and you're perfect in his eyes. Doesn't that sound pretty cool? All of that is a free gift just given to you. And when we believe that, we are awakened, the veil is open and we see God's grace and we see God's goodness and we put a smile on our face and can live this new life. So what is life in Christ? How do we live this life out? Well, I'm gonna uh, put this in terms of a backpack and rocks. I'm gonna put the, uh, the entire life of Jesus and our life in Jesus by a backpack and, and rocks. Now, I got this idea from my dog. My dog is a pet rock. No kidding, this dog is off. My dog is a pet rock. I'm not, I'm not joking. He, she carries this thing everywhere. Always, in her mouth, and just and sleeps with it. It's the craziest thing. This dog is not right at all. Um, born not right and getting worse as we go, but it's just, you know, it's a dog. It's like kids, you just get what you get and you, and you go for it. So I looked at that rock and I thought, this dog carrying around this rock, and I thought, okay, this, pop, this idea popped in my eyes here. Today we're gonna have the rocks represent the burdens in our life and the burdens in this world, and the backpack is gonna be how we carry those burdens, and really the life of Christ is all about how he carried the burdens of others and how he carried the burdens of the world, and we're gonna learn a little bit how we can carry those burdens as well in closing communion. So walk with me here. If we're gonna understand the life of Jesus and how we can live in the life of Jesus, I think we have to understand how he spent his life. Jesus spent his life lifting the burdens of broken people and lifting the burdens of this broken world. That's the summary of the life of Jesus. You read the Gospels, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and what you're going to see is Jesus, with every single story, lifting the burdens of other people, carrying the burdens of other people, carrying the burdens of this world. And how Jesus lifted those burdens and carried those burdens is how we can then live within and through the life of Jesus to be a burden carrier in the world around us and how we can do that in a very healthy way, right? So um, let's see in Luke chapter seven how he carries, just one example, how he carries uh, the burden of just one person. A funeral procession was coming. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, which means the widow was by herself and culturally had no one to provide for her. And a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. That's Jesus. His heart overflowed with compassion. So just imagine Jesus you know, carrying around a backpack and he comes across this, this widow who lost her only son and imagine this, this weight that she was carrying. Jesus comes alongside of her and he puts her burden in his backpack. 
and he's filled with compassion. He overflows with compassion. We see that very uh, regularly Jesus would, would have this deep emotion even to the point of tears when he's carrying the burden of people or carrying the burden of the world. He just takes that burden upon himself and then he does something fantastic to relieve her suffering. And Jesus does that time and time again in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, he carries the burdens of people with disability. He carries the burdens of people with mental illness. He carries the burdens of people who are judged by the religious self-righteous. He carried the burdens of the marginalized, the marginalized women of the culture, marginalized minorities of the culture. He carries the burdens of the sick. He carries the burdens of those grieving with loss. He carries the burdens of those who are suffering intensely, internally and externally, and one by one, Dozens and dozens of times he is lifting their burden, carrying their burden, and he puts it on himself. That's the life of Jesus. Lifting burdens and carrying burdens, not just of individuals, but the entire world. He sees the suffering and the burdens of the entire world. Luke chapter 19, verse 41. But as Jesus came closer to Jerusalem, he saw the city ahead. He began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace but now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes and he's weeping over the city of Jerusalem. And so not just coming up to individuals and saying, hey, let me lift your burden, but looking at the burden of the entire world and, and, and feeling the grief of the world and lifting the grief of the world and putting it upon himself. He's putting this grief upon himself and he's carrying it. And he's carrying grief after grief from every individual and carrying grief after grief with the world around him. He's putting it upon himself. And so he sees the world and he carries the burdens as he says, the lost masses in need of a shepherd. He carries the burden of thousands who are in need of food and does something about it. He carries the burden of the masses who are oppressed by an invading force. And at the time, Jerusalem was invaded by Rome and they were experiencing all the oppression and poverty and he grieves and he carries that burden. He's carrying the burden of the masses that have no purpose. He's carrying the burden of the masses who are stuck in generational poverty. And, and so he's carrying the burdens of the individual and he's carrying the burdens of the world. This is Jesus being with us. He's with us, not just side by side, but by our side, grieving when we grieve and in sorrow when we're sorrowful. So we live with Jesus as he lifts our burdens, carries our burdens, and carries the burdens of the world. That's living with Jesus. So we live with Jesus, but we also live in Jesus, enjoying the pleasure of being a child of God. Our life is not just with Jesus as he's carrying our burdens, but our life is in Jesus, enjoying the pleasure of being a child of God. Not only does he come alongside us, but he welcomes us into his own family. Keep in mind the whole sort of idea of God as Father, Son, and Spirit. And so we have God the Father and Jesus the Son, but then Jesus says, I'm the first of many millions and billions of other sons and daughters who will be fully welcomed into this family of God. Ephesians 1, once again, God decided before time began to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself in Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't just with you. You're not just with Jesus. You are in Christ. You are in the family of God. You are every bit as much a child of God as Jesus himself because you're in Christ. 
There's a biblical word uh, called propitiation. It just means a, a covering. In other words, you are so in Jesus that his entire being covers you so everything that belongs to him by right belongs to you as an adopted child of God. Again, if he is perfect, you are perfect. If he's a son of God, you're a child of God. Everything that belongs to Jesus by right belongs to you by the choice and grace of God. You are in Christ, in Christ. Because we're in Christ, God's our Father, as God is the Father of Jesus. Because we are in Christ, we are the children of God, as Jesus is the Son of God. Because we are in Christ, we are perfect in the eyes of God, as Jesus is perfect. Because we're in Christ, we are loved unconditionally, just as Jesus is loved unconditionally. There is no difference. We are in Christ, in Christ. And we're through Christ. We are with Christ, in Christ, and through Christ. We live through Jesus, advancing the cause of Christ today. That means we have a profound mission. Living through Jesus. Jesus living through us, advancing the cause of Christ. That means as we live our lives, we're living our lives in much the way Jesus lived his life. Now, we're not Jesus. We're not the second person of the triune God, as Christian doctrine goes, right? but there is the very presence and the very power of Jesus. We live through Jesus, advancing the cause of Christ today. Listen to 2 Corinthians 1, three through four. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now get this, God, our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles. He bears our burdens, so that what? We can comfort others. It's that burden-bearing cycle. Jesus is with us and we are in Christ, so he bears our burdens and he bears the burdens of the world and he puts those on himself. But then he comes to us and he says, listen, you can do the same thing. You can live the same kind of life. You can also look at the world around you and, and you can grieve and you can have your heart broken and you can do your part in lifting the burdens of others and carrying the burdens of others. You can do your part by my grace and by my strength and by my example to lift the burdens and care about the burdens of this world and put them on yourself. It's a powerful privilege, powerful privilege, but it is a privilege that takes some wisdom because burden bearing has some challenges. Uh, I have about 300 pounds of rocks on my backpack right now. Not quite, just shy. And uh, you know, I've been carrying it for a few minutes and I can feel it, right? There's, uh, there's something to that. So if we choose to bear our own burdens and then more than that, bear the burdens of the world around us, it's gonna have an impact. And we have to have wisdom in terms of how we carry burdens. So let's talk about that. There are times to carry these burdens very, very closely and very near to our heart. There are times to carry these burdens right here. And some of you and some of us are carrying these burdens right here. They are up front and they are close to our heart and there's not much we can do other than focus on these burdens. Um, the war in Ukraine, senseless, meaningless, nonsensical loss of life because one person, one person is an evil man the war going on in Israel and Palestine, thousands, upwards of 10,000 lives lost in just two weeks, and everybody is saying it's just going to get worse. And you read about that, and you, 
maybe force yourself to see some of those images because, you know, we just might need to see the world the way God sees the world and carry the burdens the way God carries these burdens. And for a while, we have to hold them right here. And just this last week, 18 lives gunned down, needlessly gunned down for no reason in Maine. Um, and when I heard the governor of Maine's first press conference, you know, it was kind of going on as sadly a very standard press conference because this is the 565th mass shooting in America this year. And so you hear this and you go, okay, well, we're repeating time and time, hundreds and hundreds of times, and here's another press conference, and it's the same kind of people in the same kind of position, saying the same kinds of things. And then the Maine governor um, spoke. The governor of Maine, I thought Janet Mills had the most amazing moment. And after I heard it, I, I later went back to the house and I, and I kept pulling it up and I kept rehearing it because it was absolutely um, empathetic and it was genuine from everything I could tell. And listen to the words she, she said. She chose to carry burdens. This is a quote. I am so deeply saddened. This city does not deserve this sorrow. No city does and no family does. I hold this city and these families in my heart. How I wish I could take the sorrow you feel off of your hearts and off of your shoulders and put that upon myself. We will all carry your grief with you. We will heal together. As we move forward, uh, struggle as we may, let us wrap our arms around each other, offering comfort, solace, and love. She chose to carry their grief right here, and I love that. Now, something happens when we carry grief and sorrow right here. Um, first of all, we have our own problems. We have our own struggles. We have our own burdens. But then when we choose to pick up the burdens of others and put them in here and pick up the burdens of the world and put them in here, it kind of gets a little heavy. And if it's right here, some things can happen over time if it's, if it's too much, if it's too often. Um, there could be what's called compassion fatigue where you know, we're so you know, aware of the struggles in our lives and lives of others and in the world that, and we carry it right here, we can just get numb to it all and we can grow tired and weary and pretty soon we don't wanna bear anymore and I understand that. So we gotta be careful of compassion fatigue. We gotta be careful of negativity, especially if you're carrying your own sorrows and grief right here all the time. Uh, we can get very, very negative and so we start saying negative things a lot and it's kinda hard to be around. Now it's understandable we're carrying a lot and it's right here and it's impacting us so all we see is life through this. So we can get very negative. We can get irritable, we can slide deeper into depression, we can lose hope, optimism can fade and you start to kind of feel that happening with what's happening in the world. So hold it here for a moment. Hold it here as appropriate. Hold it here when you're alongside somebody who's grieving. But then I think there's time for us to just put it, you know, here, right? Let's put it, let's put it back here. We're still feeling it, right? We're still feeling it. We know it's there, but I'm fully functional, right? I can't run a half marathon like I usually do every other day. I do not run. But I can be fully functional. I can go to work, I can provide for my family, I could cook dinner, clean the house, right? I can raise kids, I can be a present husband. I, I can be fully present, fully functional. 
but I know there are struggles in this world. I haven't forgot it, I'm not ignoring it, I'm not in denial. I know the struggles of the world, the suffering of the world. Every once in a while I put it here because I might need to or because of the moment, but I'm gonna live with this burden back here. I'm not gonna forget the suffering of the world, Jesus did not, but I'm gonna carry it appropriately and I'm not gonna carry it in a way that's dysfunctional or paralyzing me, I'm gonna carry it on my back. And then there are times, and I'm telling you this is just as important, there are times where you have to unload this thing, put it over to the side, and just live free for a bit, right? And this is what I would call just having fun, right? Put the burdens down, have fun. Hang out with your friends, go out for the night, go to a party, let your hair down, play, have a good time, lose yourself in a movie, lose yourself in a book. I'm telling you that feels very good, right? It feels very good to be free from that. Just have a good time. We've gotta do that, right? Jesus did this. Now, some of you are gonna be kind of shocked. Jesus needed me time. He needed solo time. Just a couple of examples. In Matthew chapter 14, uh, he hears about a good friend uh, and, and his cousin passing away, and he just needed me time. He grieved and grieved and grieved, and then he put that aside and went by himself. He just needed to regroup and recharge. In Mark chapter one, Jesus goes off and takes a walk by himself to pray. He leaves the crowds. In Luke chapter five, all these people were pressing upon him, the crush of the world and their burdens and their problems. And the Bible says he slips away. He snuck out. Probably said, what's that? And went that way. He just had to get out. He had to put those burdens down and get out. He needed some me time. So a couple of questions for you. One, how heavy are your burdens? How heavy are your burdens? The ones you personally carry. Maybe you're struggling with physical problems. Maybe you're struggling with emotional uh, problems, mental problems. What are those burdens and how heavy are those? Relational problems, family problems, how heavy are they? Are they fairly light, moderate? Are they paralyzing? Just kind of identify how heavy your burdens are because if your burdens are heavy, this is not the time for you to take on the burdens of others necessarily. This is the time for you to maybe offload some of your burdens. This is the time to maybe go to celebrate recovery, to be honest with a good friend and to say, I need somebody to come alongside me and maybe take a rock or two from my, my burden, right? How heavy are your burdens? If you don't have a lot of personal burdens and the weight is maybe not you know, paralyzing, perhaps you can think about how you could take a burden of others, how you can come alongside of somebody who is struggling. A friend of yours, family member of yours, maybe a volunteer, Community Mission of Hope, Rancho Damasitas, and just spend some time with people who might need you and might need a kind word from you and a smile from you and a prayer from you and a conversation with you. Uh, maybe you have some emotional capacity to take on a couple of these rocks. Do you have space or strength to carry the burdens of others? If so, I would encourage you, that's living through Jesus. Carrying the burdens of others is living through Jesus. Is it time for you to carry some burdens here? And there are appropriate times to carry those burdens here. So maybe you've been a little, you know, sort of ignorant of what's going on in the world and you haven't been engaged and you're just kind of trying to deny some stuff. You might need to walk in some burden just to center your soul on the soul of Christ. For some of you, if you're carrying too much here, you gotta put it on your back. And for some of you, you haven't played and laughed in a while and you gotta put that down and you gotta have some fun and you've gotta live free for a bit and get back to them. Is it time for you to carry them in front? Is it time for you to carry them in back? Or is it time for you to just set them aside and have some fun? 
Life with Jesus means he knows you, empathizes with you, feels what you feel, and carries your burden. Life in Jesus means that you are a part of his family. He loves you, embraces you, you're perfect in his eyes, he is proud of you, and he enjoys you very much. That's life in Jesus. Life through Jesus means that we have the privilege of being a burden bearer in this world. And just taking that load off of people around us, carrying that load with wisdom, sometimes up front, sometimes in the back, and sometimes we put it aside, but let's carry the burdens of this world and let's lighten that load. That is the life and ministry of Jesus. And that's a life that we too can live. We're gonna close with communion around this one concept. Jesus carried the burdens of the entire world. He doesn't ask us to do that. He asks us to just play our part. But he carried the burdens of the entire world and that was not on a backpack, that was the cross. The cross of Christ is the symbol and the shape of the burdens of the entire world. The brokenness of the world, what we call the sins of the world, crucified Jesus. This is kind of important. Some say Jesus died as the punishment we deserve for our sin, and I do not agree. You don't deserve torture, you don't deserve bloodshed, you don't deserve death, you don't deserve eternal condemnation. You're made in the image of God, and you deserve every bit of the new life that God calls you to. Jesus wasn't crucified as a punishment for sin. Jesus was punished by the sin of the world and was crucified. That is a huge difference. The reason why the cross is the centerpiece of the Christian faith, what is Christianity really? The cross is the centerpiece because that is the absolute symbol of the horrors of the world that punished Jesus. That's why he died. Jesus wasn't crucified as a punishment for our sin. Jesus was punished by the sin of the world and was crucified. Jesus was punished by a violent world for being the Prince of Peace. Jesus was punished by a power-hungry world for being humble and kind. Jesus was punished by a cruel world for being a humanitarian. Jesus was punished by a judgmental world for being welcoming. Jesus was punished by a racist world for being inclusive. Jesus was punished by a divided world for uniting the world to himself. Jesus was punished by an oppressive world for bringing freedom to the world. Jesus was punished by a hateful world for being loving. So when we say Jesus took the sin of the world, that's what we mean. The sin of the world punished and crucified Jesus. And on the third day, he rose. So there's hope ahead. Take your cups, if you don't have them, you can raise your hand and very kind host will be there by your side. You can start by the bread at the bottom And when Jesus was with his disciples, just hours before he bore the burdens of the entire world upon himself through the cross, he took the bread of that dinner and he broke it and he said, this is my body which will be broken for you. I will be crushed by the sin of the world, punished by the sin of the world, and I will lay my life down. That's the measure of my love for you. Take this and eat this. Then Jesus took the wine of that Passover dinner and he said, this is a symbol of 
my blood which is shed for you. The brokenness of this world will crush my body. The brokenness of this world will spill my blood. But I'm sacrificing myself for a better cause. I'm sacrificing myself to bring love to a hateful world. And that will cost me everything, including my shed blood. So drink this in remembrance of Christ. God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus, for the life of Jesus, and for the life that you offer us today. We can today live with Jesus as he bears our burdens, as he bore the burdens of people in the world 2,000 years ago. We live in Christ today. We are part of his family. We are every much a child of God as Jesus is the son of God because of your grace and goodness. And God, help us to live through Jesus. The one who bore the burdens of others and the one who bore the burdens of this world, would we have the power and the wisdom by your spirit in us to bear the burdens around us, to make this world a little bit better, to lighten this world's load, to show love and kindness and compassion to our neighbor who might be struggling or to the stranger who might be struggling. Let us be the life of Jesus in our world today. In his name we pray, amen. We're gonna close in a final song and it is a meaningful song. And Delaney, uh, we say this a lot, but I think you mean it. This is one of your favorites. Yes, it really is. I love this song because it just talks about um, you know, having these difficult times and everybody goes through trials and tribulations. I mean, for me, it was losing my dad and it was such a difficult time, but it was songs like this that just it gave me peace. Um, there's a line in this song that says, even when my eyes can't see, I will trust the voice that speaks. It says, when I can't see the way through this difficult time, I will trust God that he is with me and he's with me through that situation. I love that. And then I think there's a line in here that says, in that we can dance in the deep. And that's yeah. sort of, that there can be joy, there can be pleasure, even when the storms are around us, because Jesus is with us, we are in Christ, and we get to live through Christ. So enjoy this song. Yes.
走。